everyone. Welcome to Dentistry Unmasked. I'm here, Pam Maragliano-Muniz, with my partner in crime, David Rice. How's it going today? Fantastic, Dr. Pam. What's shaking? Oh my gosh, everything, because we're talking about one of my favorite topics with one of my favorite people. So first things first, thank you, Tokiyama, for supporting this and bringing Peter on with us. And everybody, you are in for a treat today. We are talking about anterior composite artistry with Dr. Peter Oster. Peter, welcome. Thank you, Pam. I'm very excited about being with you guys, two superstars in dentistry. Ugh, I don't know. I feel like <laughs> can't hold a candle to you with all of the things you've done in dentistry. My goodness, you're so accomplished with all that you've done um, with the American College of Dentists, the AACD. I mean, you do so many things um, and I've seen your work with composite dent, uh, composite restorations. They're just so beautiful. And there's just so much more than uh, a filling, if you will. You know, you bring real artistry to patients and to the industry. So I want to hear some advice from you. You know, I, I'm going to, I'm going to admit something as a prosthodontist, I went into practice kind of having a lot of tood towards composites. I was like, I am a prosthodontist. I don't really care about composite because I'll do it all in ceramic. And that was what I was going to do. But the reality was I was hiding. I was hiding because I never really learned how to create a beautiful composite restoration. And honestly, I will tell you, I mean, I've really focused on this for the past several years because I decided to take that fear and that you know, what I was doing hiding, because in reality, in private practice, you need to be able to do these things, mm -hmm. but you take it to a whole nother level. Can you share with us a little bit about you and your journey? And, you know, how did you become, you know, who you are today with what you're doing for your patients? I have an interesting history. Um, you, you know, about uh, imposter syndrome. I had it for the first 15 years in practice. I, I, I hated dentistry. I was uncomfortable every single day. And I reached a point about 15 years into my dentistry where it was either stay or get out. And I decided the only way I could stay is if I got better. And I'm actually, I'm actually putting out an article that's going to be out in one of the magazines in a couple of weeks um, about what I wish I knew then when I first started. And the basics of it is that dental school prepares you a little bit. And if you stop there, you're really not ready, no matter how much you think you learned in your dental school. So anyway, what, what, what I did is I, I spent, uh, I guess, about six years going to Dawson courses down in Florida. I even bought a place down in Florida so I could be closer to Dawson, believe it or not. <laughs> um, and then after I found out that I really understood dentistry for the first time, then I wanted to get into aesthetics. And I've been involved with the American Academy of Cosmetic Dentistry for the last 12 years. Um, I started the new New York affiliate, which was kind of fun. And I've been on the board of directors of the ACD and all kinds of other stuff there. Um, so it, it, it's just been learning. And, and if you stop your learning when you're 25, you're in trouble. You've got to keep going and you've got to move with the, you know, with the tide. So that's kind of where I ended up where I am today. And am I the greatest cosmetic dentist in the world? No, not even close. I mean, there, there are so many incredible people, um, but at least I know how to do it and I know how to make it work. And that's, that's the first step. I There's love that. Oops. Sorry, man. No, go ahead, please. 
I, I don't want to derail you. So rein me in here, but you know, you said something, I think that's so very important, especially for today's younger dentists, 15 years, you felt like you had imposter syndrome. I know so many young dentists and students that I meet are that phrase is ingrained in like every third sentence they share. And I think they feel like it's just me. I'm the only one. And to hear from somebody like you, who's accomplished so much and does such incredible dentistry that you felt it too. I did. I know. Um, that's incredible to me. How did you, you know, how would you, I guess, look at young dentists today and help them get on track as quickly as possible? Like what are some of the places they should go? Who are the people they should learn from, including yourself, obviously? Well, the, the, the obvious academies that have been out there for years are still great. I mean, Dawson isn't there anymore, sadly, but Dawson Academy is great. Spear is wonderful. I mean, in my mind, the best speaker I've ever seen is Frank Spear, although he doesn't speak all that much anymore. Um, Coys is great as well. Uh, I always recommend getting involved with the study club. Seattle study clubs are, are great. I mean, any time that you can actually get involved with people who do it and do it better than you do, then you're right from the start, you're, you're learning. That's true. And I would say that what's really interesting, at least in my composite journey, is you start with the basics. You start with anatomy and you start with creating line angles because the fact is you don't even have to get a perfect shade match if you can get your contours dialed in, wouldn't you say? Oh, absolutely. And that and that I didn't mention that the, as as I said, the the one of the cosmetic dentistry academies is essential to really learn it. But I've got to tell you that at the AACD meeting, I have seen some courses maybe five or six times. And one of the things I love about the AACD is the amount of workshops. Because if you don't do it, you're not going to learn it. You can, you can watch everything on the screen, but unless you have experience working, as you said, on the line angles, working on secondary tertiary anatomy, you're not really going to learn it until you're doing it and people are watching you do it and telling you ways to make it better. Most definitely. And another favorite for me is that it allows us to employ minimal intervention. You can do a lot of really great things without being so aggressive nowadays. I always worry about the tooth structure to 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years down the road. So if I can reduce a small bit now, if I have to, hopefully we can save it for future restorations because the likelihood of them lasting forever is not very likely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and of course, uh, aligner dentistry certainly helps you as well. So when I do my cases and I don't like the, the angle the teeth are at, I'll have my orthodontist or myself in the, in the practice create a case where the teeth are maybe slightly intruded. And then you just add to them without subtracting and it becomes much better in terms of minimally invasiveness. I love that. And, you know, that concept of interdisciplinary care sometimes get lost in today's, you know, quote, average private practice. I think, um, you know, the four letter fear word comes to mind. I think we are afraid to get shot as a messenger. So wait a second, you can't just correct this for me. You need to set, you know, set the case up with orthodontics in some way, shape or form. But if so many dentists feel that way, and clearly so many dentists, we all know are involved in interdisciplinary care. How do we best encourage more dentists to change the way they look at things and change the conversation they're having? 
It's difficult. I mean, as I, as I said, you're not going to learn it just looking at a piece of paper. You're not going to learn it even watching a video. I mean, YouTube, YouTube is, very, is very helpful because virtually everything we do now is on YouTube. The problem, though, is who are we watching on YouTube and are they doing it the right way? And the question is, the, the other thing is that companies are out there a lot. And if the company is, is pushing their particular product, you're not necessarily going to learn correctly. And that's, that's, that's one of the things that we have to fight in dentistry these days, because we have to understand that there's a reason that somebody may be pushing a product and you have to understand it. And I, what did I, what did I say? I went to a, a seminar um, a couple of months ago and a guy was pushing one company's product, the entire lecture for two and a half hours, one company's product and never said that he was being paid by that company, which is a real no-no. I mean, that to, that to me is a reason to discredit that person for doing it. And I'm, I'm somebody that does get sponsored by companies. And you, as you, as I think you, you had mentioned, uh, Tokiyama is, is, is sponsoring me here. I, I happen to love Tokiyama products, but I'm always gonna tell people that they're gonna be covering my seminar to a certain extent. And I'm never gonna talk about a product that I don't use every single day. Well, let's talk about products a little bit because no. there are so many lines of composite available on the market. I'd like to know, and you don't have to speak specific to any specific brand, but what is the criteria that you use when you're selecting composites and how do you select certain composites for different cases? You know, because there's not really one shoe that fits all teeth, right? Composite dentistry has changed a huge, huge amount since the pandemic. I mean, before the pandemic, the average number of shades for composites, guess what the average number was? Well, th this is just, this is my own research. Now, whether it's absolutely true is another story, but the average was 28 shades, which means how many shades did you end up throwing out? How many were sitting in your closet? And when you finally need that shade and it was a DO or something like dark occlusal, whatever that means, right? Yeah. And you, so you, you, you finally need a dark occlusal and you take it and you put it in your, your gun or syringe or you call that thing and you push it and it pops and goes all over the room, right? So the one time you finally need the product, you don't have the product. Um, so, but what happened right before the pandemic, it was the introduction of single shade and minimal shade composites, which has changed dentistry completely. And some of them are wonderful. I will tell you that some of them are terrible too. I'm not going to mention their names today. Um, but if you want, I'll tell you some of the better ones that are out there. Um, and the, the, the latest trend is companies coming out with three shade composites. And there's one out there that I love. There's another one that I'm testing now that I like very, very much. Um, so it's really changed. And this is actually a very good thing for, for us because it's, there's less waste. There's less expense. I mean, when you're buying those, some of those, those composites were 33 and 35 shades. Imagine what you're paying. So maybe $150 a box times 35. And of those 35, maybe 10 of them you're never going to use. Oh, so I think we've all done good. that. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm guilty twice. Yes, more than there that. You go. Yeah. Well, okay. So would you say then that now as you're, you know, with your practice and what you're doing, you're trying to keep things more simple if you can? Oh, absolutely. 
Absolutely. And, and of course, it's also, there's also less contamination, you know, cross-contamination. If you, if you don't have to go into that box that has all the different composites in it, and you'd be using something that is one or two or three shades, that makes a huge, huge difference. All right. So, okay. Keeping it simple is yep. awesome for so many reasons. And there's a lot of great composites that will help us do that. But right. I'm not, I mean, I feel like we have to talk about this. You're like, you know, all the things with AACD. Let's talk about composite veneers. Like, can you keep it simple with a veneer or do we need to layer it and stain it and do all the things? Staining it is another subject. I mean, I, I, I don't think many people are comfortable using dyes and tints. I mean, I've been to a number of courses at the AACD maybe five or six times um, using the dyes and the tints. And I am still not very good at applying the dyes and tints. I always find that they just go slightly in, in the wrong direction. They, they just do. And if it's happening for me after all these courses I've taken, I, I, don't, I don't feel I'm terribly comfortable advising people to use it. Um, I will tell you that I am very happy using single shade composites in the entire mouth, all the posterior teeth. When I come to the front, I'm happy using them for class threes. I am not really comfortable using them for class fours or diastema closures, um, unless unless it just happens to be a perfect shade that I'm going to try out before I use. I love that. So speaking of simplicity, you know, in in, in team members, there you know there are places around the country where our auxiliaries can be a part of this process with us. Obviously, young dentists have limited exposure coming into you know our profession. You mentioned that you had some favorites. I'd love to hear them. <laughs> well, I'll tell you my favorite, uh, my favorite materials that are out there. Uh, number one, in terms of single shade composites, I started with Omnichroma and I am still going with Omnichroma. I find it, I found it a fabulous composite. Once you get the chance to use it um, and you kind of figure out when to use the blocker underneath it, when not to, um, it's got great properties like all of the other Tokiyama products. Um, it shines very well. It looks good three years later, and I'm starting to see them four years later. They look terrific. So that's one of my favorites. Now, in terms of slightly more shade composites, Kerr has a composite uh, called Simply Shade, and it has basically light, medium, and dark. Now, the problem with that is when you're asking your assistant for dark, that's not a good idea. So I asked for the third shade. But, but anyway, I've, I've been very, very happy with that. Um, my favorite in terms of limited shade composites has been for quite some time Estelite Omega, which is another Tokuyama product. Uh, I was at a, a meeting a couple of years ago that was put on by one of the other major dental companies, one of the, one of the big ones. Um, and they had a bunch of KOLs, a bunch of speakers like myself. There were 12 people there, nine of them used Estelite Omega, even though they were there for this other company's products, which, was, which tells you a lot. Um, so those are among my favorites. There are a bunch of new ones coming out on the market. There are other single shade composites that I've liked. Uh, for instance, Clearfill Majesty ES2, which is by far the worst name for a single shade composite. <laughs> Who decided that your one shade composite is going to be called Clearfill Majesty ES2, and they have another ES2. That's not their only ES2. Um, the best name for a single shade composite are the Culser products, uh, Venus Pearl One, Venus Diamond One. I mean, you're going to name it. They 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 won the naming contest. There's no question about it. 
Um, there are other composites coming out that are that I'm still testing. There's something that GC made. It's called GC Accord, which is an interesting product. There are a couple of others, as I said, that I'm kind of testing now. The you know they haven't officially come out yet, so I'm I'm still I'm still part of an NDA, so I can't talk about it yet. But there's one that's really good. Look forward to that. How about shifting gears? Because you know the composite itself clearly very important, but but the the matrixing side of things. And again, we we've got a lot of dentists out there, maybe with not near the experience you have. How do we simplify the matrixing posterior anterior? What are tips and tricks maybe that you found that accelerated, you know, learning in those areas? Um, well, yeah, I mean, matrixing is is hugely important. Um, by the way, this I don't have an NDA out, <laughs> and I've been playing with this. It's kind of cool if you can see it. It's a new uh, product made by Garrison. Um, it's called the Strategy, and it, it's awesome. I mean, it's for the back of the mouth, for posterior, in terms of getting, it is a perfect contact every single time. Um, and I, I also like the, you know, the triad, the triadone system. They're all really good in the back of the mouth. Um, in the front of the mouth, it depends on the case as far as I'm concerned. Um, there are some interesting products out there, but they really take learning to use. Um, I started using the BioClear system. I found that I feel it's a bit more complicated than people can use unless they've gone through a training program. And there's also a, a Garrison anterior system that's very good. Um, I, I made a list for you guys. I didn't know what you were going to be asking me, but here is a list. I love it. Of how to do easier anterior composites. Yes. So I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, what works for me. If you want me to list them, I can do it that way. Yeah. Can we start with isolation and like maybe even burrs? Like, like take us through the whole process of your faves. In terms of isolation, um, I know rubber dams are taking over again. There, I, I think it's like it's it's like a ghost. Rubber dam reminds me of a ghost. <laughs> and and I still, even though it's the way to go, you still have to use holders. The clamps hurt. They do. And I don't feel I'm not one of the people that's going to be pushing that because I don't want to hurt a patient any more than I absolutely have to. So if I'm working on an upper anterior, I don't feel the absolute need for clamping. That's just me. Um, and I, I haven't had a problem you know, due to not isolating upper anteriors. Now that's a different kind of story down the bottom, but that's my that's my my story on top. A um, couple of things that I find that, that I've learned over the years is is how key wax ups are. Hmm. I don't only do wax ups for crown and bridge cases. I do wax ups for all of my anterior composite cases if I'm going to be changing shapes. If I'm not changing shapes, I don't bother to use it. But if I am, it's a huge, huge help. The other thing I recommend that not everybody, not everybody even has are calipers. Those little, little black calipers you can get on and you get cheap ones on Amazon. Don't try to buy them from one of the dental companies and pay nine times as much. Get them from Amazon. Um, and if you measure both sides, that makes things a whole lot easier because it's devastating. You know, you know when you're, you're finishing, the patient's lying down over here and you're in that perfect <laughs> position right behind them. And it looks great. And then you sit the patient up and you walk in front of them. And suddenly it looks like one of them is three times the size of the one next door. That's so, so calipers really, really help from, with that. Uh, other thing that I find really, really important that most people aren't taught is the incisal view. 
So if you take your mirror and look at it, if the incisal view of number eight is not the same as the incisal view as number nine, you got a tooth that doesn't look right, even if you fix the, the, the labial fabulously. You want to fix the lingual, you want to make everything else to be right. Uh, paintbrushes. If you don't have regular paintbrushes in your office, go get them. Cosmodent makes a bunch of them um, and of different kinds, and they are really, really helpful for the final layers that you're going to be adding. Um, I also use the Ivo Clark Optra Sculpt Instrument, which I find is a very, do you guys have one? Love I them. love it's, it. It's a cool product that not many people know about it. And I use it for several things. I use it, first of all, for that. Second of all, it's great if you're putting veneers on porcelain veneers and you find that one isn't exactly in the, the right location. And one, if you look at it from that side view, it's just not quite right. If you push one of them in with your optoscope, it evens everything out and it's soft and it doesn't damage it, which, which makes it really, really helpful. Um, another thing, pink aesthetics. Now, if you're making number eight look like number nine and number eight has a gum line here and number nine has a gum line here, it's not gonna look right. So it's very, very important. So I found out, I found a number that I, I just found mind boggling. What would you what would you guess is the number or the percentage of dentists who have a laser? We'll say a diode laser. Take a guess. 20, 22. <laughs> Try 7%. Really? Wow. Which and shocking. You no, know, and, and how many dentists out there have a shingle or a website that calls themselves a cosmetic dentist? 97%, right? All of them, yes. You're not a cosmetic dentist if you're not doing anything about the gingiva. You're not, it, because it's, it's, it's essential, it's easy, it's a profit maker because you're doing a gingivectomy that's a painless gingivectomy. Uh, and it makes your dentistry so much better and it's so easy and the healing is so easy. And I have no clue why people don't buy them because they've gotten so much, two, three cases, you can make your money back on them. Um, I, I have the, the Gemini laser by ultra dent and I, I absolutely love it. I, although, although I have a terrible case now of laser envy because I don't have the, the Gemini Evo, I think it's called, which is the next generation, which has about a hundred percent more power than the Gemini, but there's, you know, there's great stuff and it's, inexpensive. There's no reason not to have one of these. Um, worst case I ever did was a physician in my community. I was so excited. A plastic surgeon in my community came into my practice. This is this was 30 years ago. And I was so excited. I said, this is great. You know, I'm going to see all this plastic surgery patients. He's going to see my dentist. It's going to be, it's the best thing that could ever happen in the world until I used my electrosurge on him and gave him a king size electric shock. He asked Ooh. for his, he asked for his uh, records to be transferred the next day. So even though, even though uh, people who still have those out there, I totally recommend a laser instead. Um, other things, um, if people aren't using or don't understand how to use the mylar pull technique, if you want to get to 
centrals to look like each other. It is a wonderful way to do it. That is something I learned several times because I didn't I didn't catch on the first time, but it's something I learned at the ACD. So I, I'm, I'm still a big fan of the American Academy of Cosmetic Dentistry. You mentioned something really interesting. You said you're not a cosmetic dentist if, and you referred to the gengiva. I would imagine that you could probably start many sentences that start with you're not a cosmetic dentist if. What are some other points that we should be focusing on if you're truly going to practice at the level of the AACD? Well, as I said, you need the training. If you don't have the training, you're not going to do it. And and it's it's, it's just mind-boggling how many... There's a there's a guy in Beverly Hills. I'm not going to mention his name, um, who I see constantly online, and I see the work that he does. And he must have I think 200,000 people looking at his work, and it's it's sadly miserable. And I took a look at the records of the ACD to see if he's ever been there. He'd never been in a meeting, and I checked to see whether he was in any of the other aesthetic academies. hadn't been in any of those either. So people that think they can learn anything on their own. Um, they're not going to do it. It's just, it's just not going to happen. Um, other things, you're not a cosmetic dentist if. Hmm. Well, if you don't, if you don't know how to use different types of shades, if you don't know that in many cases you do need a translucent layer and you need a non-translucent layer. So you need a dentin shade and you need an enamel shade. And that's that's one of the reasons that that I stick to using omnichroma on other cases because at times in the front of the mouth you definitely need two shades. There's no question about it. Um, but one thing about the omnichroma actually is the blocker. Um, and and don't tell Tokiyama that I'm saying this, but blocker works really well underneath other brands of composite. So if you happen to love another composite. I would still get the blocker. And the reason for it is the blocker is not like any other opaquer I've ever used. It doesn't make things too opaque, which is the problem with virtually every opaquer out there. You know, suddenly you have this very white shade showing through the inside and that, that can ruin your entire composite. Um, so if you do start using the blocker, I recommend using a very small layer of it. You want to use maybe a max of a millimeter. I like a max of 0.5 millimeters and it, it works great. What about finishing and polishing? There are a lot of steps. Uh, that's, that's, they'll, they'll teach you that at the ACD. Now I'll tell you, I'll tell you whose lecture to go to see. Do you mind if I mention somebody else here? Um, David Chan, who was last year's president of the ACD is magnificent at polishing and finishing composites. There, there's nobody better in terms of a lecture to go see. Um, and he does it step-by-step step and makes it easy. Now, there are a couple of other uh, aesthetic lecturers out there who are so fast at it, they think that you're as good as they are, and you're not. And that's a problem, because if you're just learning it, you want to be taught basics. And then if you want to go further, you want to, you want to travel to Brazil at that point, then go to Brazil and learn all the steps at that point. But you don't want to go people that you want, you want people to understand you that you're a novice. And most of us, even if we've been in dentistry for 20 years, are a novice at doing really good cosmetic dentistry. Peter, you're amazing. I wish we had 
20 hours to have this conversation. <laughs> I love the steps you're bringing us through. And I think, you know, full circle, the concept of imposter syndrome, the concept that we're all still learning, we all need to get better. And, and I guess pun intending, biting this composite artistry off like one chew at a time. Pam, any last thoughts? Yes. So Peter, you leave me wanting more. I'm sure you're leaving our listeners wanting more. Yeah. Where can we follow you, find you and listen to you speak? Um, well, you can go to catapulteducation.com, I think, because Catapult is changing <laughs> its name. But if you go to Catapult Education, go to speakers and um, uh, speakers and reviewers, you'll find me there. You can also go to my website, uh, cosmeticdentistryassociates.com and go to the lectures page. And any trade show on the planet. And I can see your face with all the awesomeness pretty much everywhere. So Peter, That's, thanks for joining us today. You're, you are literally someone um, I truly admire and hope to emulate more and more as time goes on. Well, thanks for having me and love to work together in the future. It's all good. Thank you so much. We can't wait to see you again in person. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you, everyone, for watching or listening to the show this week. And thanks to our guests and sponsors on this episode. Please check out our social media at Dr. Pamela underscore Maragliano and at Dental Economics Official. Or you can check me out at Ignite DDS or at Dr. David Rice. And go to dentaleconomics.com to receive dental economics. You can choose to receive DE in print or digitally, and you can also get the details of our Principles of Practice Management Conference on our website. If you have topics or guests or anything you'd like to talk about on the show, send us an email to dentistryunmaskedpodcast at gmail.com, and we will do our very best to make it happen. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.